Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. It's our goal here at Res Talk to communicate late breaking news and thoughtful insights about a broad array of topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to all the stakeholders in the ResNet ecosystem. So whether you're a housing consumer, rater, builder, realtor, or appraiser, you want to hear about the evolving trends in home energy ratings. Housing consumers show increasing interest in environmental impact. Logically, builders are following this trend to serve their customers. Now, how can raters and RFIs build on this momentum to become a star serving both builders and their customers? We welcome back ResNet's program director, Ryan Mears, to fill us in on why Raiders should become certified for HERS H2O. We discussed the increasing interest by builders in environmental reporting and how Raiders can help builders tune in to this growing trend. In addition to reviewing how and why ResNet Standard 850 was developed, Ryan reviews the field testing he took part in to refine the resources and methods used for water efficiency rating. We walk through the complete process from training and testing requirements to conducting an evaluation to the data entry and exporting to ResNet. He clearly explains how this rating can also apply to existing homes and retrofits. Now, Ryan makes a special offer in this podcast to the first 50 raters that email him to receive free HERS H2O training. It's got a $75 value attached to it. He will also extend bulk discounts to companies that contact him with more than 10 raters seeking the training. You can contact Ryan at ryan at resnet.us. Water is such a critically important resource. We've actually talked about this, and you can gain further insight via past episodes of Rest Talk. That would be episodes 3, B1 with ICC, episode 50, 62, 77, and episode 79. There's some resources and links given in the notes where you can download resources such as a checklist and the guidance document and more details. And if you're ready to take the training, there's also a link right in the show notes here. Or if you're ready to use the HERS H2O calculation spreadsheet, you can again contact Ryan via email at ryan.resnet.us. Now let's let Ryan talk a little bit more about this and all the topics and nuances of HERS H2O. How are you today, Ryan? Good. How are you, Bill? Great. Thank you. We had a nice little chat beforehand, and this is interesting. This can go a couple of different directions here. In the intro, you heard about the other podcast where we discussed other topics uh, around the topic of water rating. And right now, Ryan's going to walk us through what it takes to be certified, getting started, and then some of the nuances of it. So Ryan, take it away and tell us, what is the water rating certification and how does a rater get certified for that? It's open to all active and certified HERS raters and also rating field inspectors. They can both obtain this certification. It's actually fairly easy for them to do. Hopefully, they're already familiar with the ResNet training portal. If not, they can go to portal.resnet.us and get signed up in the ResNet training portal. And within the training portal, there is a HERS H2O rater certification. And the training itself takes roughly two hours or so. And once completed, a rater will enter their RTIN number so that the training is logged. They also get continuing education credits for it. But once they complete that training, they're then eligible to start doing HERS H2O ratings. Have you gotten this training? 
<laughs> I have, yep, and worked on the development of it. We did use a contractor to develop the content for us, and I worked very closely with them in developing that content. So how long does it take to start to finish do the training? It's just about two hours. If you're dedicated, you can just sit down and work your way through it. It's broken into modules. So if you have 30 minutes to spare and you want to get started on it, you can get started and then you can pause it and come back to it because it's broken down into, uh, I believe, eight modules. So you can attack it in pieces or you can do the whole thing in just about two hours. When you took it, I mean, you've been involved in this field for a very long time. Anything that surprised you in the course? You worked on developing the course, but are there any kind of nuances people should be aware of, something different about it? It's actually, the training is quite straightforward. It's very simple for the majority of the training for a raider to understand it. Things like measuring flow rates and where to find documentation for flush volume for your toilets. And the biggest learning curve for raiders and for me as well was the outdoor portions of the training, talking about irrigation systems and landscaped area and the irrigated area of a yard and things like that. That's really where the biggest learning curve is, but no real surprises in terms of the indoor usage for water. I understand you have an offer here to kickstart things. Do you want to describe that? Yeah. So we're offering for the first 50 either HERS Raiders or RFIs that email me, ryan at resnet.us. We will give them the training for free. It's normally $75 per Raider to take the training. And for the first 50 Raiders that email me, we will provide the training to them for free. And also, if there's any rating companies that have 10 or more Raiders they want to send through the training, they can also email me and we can negotiate a bulk discount for 10 or more Raiders. That's great. What a good way to kickstart things. The rating sort of feeds into the WaterSense label. And that's really the ultimate thing for the builder to offer to the consumer. Is that correct? Yeah. So the WaterSense label has been around for over 10 years now, and it definitely does have some good market recognition, not quite as powerful as Energy Star in terms of market recognition, but it is well-recognized within the home building industry. And so many builders are interested in being able to achieve the WaterSense label for homes. And under version two of WaterSense, HERS H2O is actually a performance-based option for achieving the WaterSense label. So a builder would need to get a score of 70 or less and also meet a few minimum requirements like installing WaterSense labeled fixtures and also verifying that there are no leaks anywhere in the home upon the final inspection. So have you done some demo ratings yourself? Yeah, over the last several years, actually over two years now, we've done a number of field tests before we actually launched the program. We did a brief pilot with WaterSense. And even before that, when we first completed the guidelines for how to do the HERS H2O rating, we did some field testing in Arizona and Nevada and Utah, as well as Florida. And I had a chance to work with a number of different raters in those markets to do the field testing for this. That really let us see how long does it take to do the rating? What are some of the learning curves that raters are going to find when they start doing water efficiency rating? So that was, it was really eye-opening to be able to participate in the field and see how it works. So the actual steps would be, I understand there's a calculation spreadsheet that will help you develop the rating. So you're out in the field, you're at a house, you're at a property. But what stage is this done? The HERS H2O rating is only done at the final. So there's no pre-drywall component 
when you're doing the water efficiency rating. Maybe a pre-dirt component? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can always do a projected rating and we have a calculation spreadsheet that raters should use. I mean, when they're working with their builder initially, if their builder participated in WaterSense version one, which was a prescriptive methodology for WaterSense, they can really use the calculation spreadsheet to give their builder an idea of how their home is going to score, what kind of changes they may need to make to achieve the WaterSense label under version two, and just overall get a feel for how their homes are performing in terms of water performance. So if a builder is sort of on this spectrum or this path to move towards things that are more ESG related, we talked about that on some other podcast episodes, environmental, social, corporate governance, some larger builders actually are putting that as a guiding light out there and they're looking to do more things like that, which drives the whole market. So the raters, uh, rating organizations, companies can have this conversation with their builder. And especially now, since you can get the free training with this offer, you can help guide the builder in a path that they want to be on. Is that correct? Yeah. You mentioned ESG reporting, and it's really a hot topic right now and one that I think will grow even more in the future. But the publicly traded builders especially are really feeling the pressure to, to do environmental reporting. In some cases, it's required But in other cases, they need to demonstrate to their investors that they are making a positive environmental impact with the homes that they're building. So that's reduced energy consumption, reduced carbon footprint, and ultimately reduced water usage as well. And one of the key standards that's out there for the home building industry when it comes to environmental reporting is put out by the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board or SASB. Now it's called, they've merged with another group and they're called the Value Reporting Foundation. And part of their standard for home builders is actually documenting how many homes, reporting how many homes that they have used, what percentage of homes they've installed water sense labeled fixtures in. And using HERS H2O, especially if you're achieving the water sense label, you know that number. And we can help builders to report that and document it through a HERS H2O rating. So that's a very important factor and something that the raters who have partnerships, relationships with builders can work towards these goals and start to talk about the topic. How about resources? If a raider wants to bring this up with a builder and, and present them with concepts, what kind of resources and where are they? Yeah. So I think that probably the most important thing for a rater to get familiar with is that calculation spreadsheet. Eventually that will be in into ResNet accredited. Her software will get incorporated, but right now it's a standalone calculation spreadsheet and becoming familiar with that is really key for raters to being able to do the rating and also be able to talk to their builders about what impacts different decisions are going to have on their water efficiency. But then we also have other resources that raters can use to get started. One of them is an inspection checklist. So those first few times that you're out in the field doing a HERS H2O rating, you can take the checklist with you. It's not required, but it's something that will help guide them through their inspection for those first few ones before they get used to it. And then we have an inspection guidance document, and that one essentially follows the checklist but provides more detailed guidance on what they can do or what they should be looking for each of those components in the checklist. And those resources, where are they located on the website? Yeah, they're on the ResNet website under the HERS H2O section, yep. Can you actually download the calculation spreadsheet from there? No, the calculation spreadsheet has to come from me, but I can share that with any raters that need it. We had the earlier versions of the calculation spreadsheet posted, but once we went final, the spreadsheet now has the ability to upload to the ResNet registry. So once we implemented that functionality, it has to be emailed directly to the It's a controlled release. Yeah. 
that makes sense. And so that spreadsheet, would there be a unique spreadsheet for every property that's being rated? Yeah, there is a unique rating file. So what the spreadsheet actually does, there's one tab on it and you enter all your project information. And if you have the information you need, it takes about 10 minutes or so to fill out the spreadsheet. It's not extensive. And then there's a functionality in the spreadsheet that allows you to export an XML file. And that's actually the file that gets uploaded to ResNet. But that's ultimately what they would use. So you can fill out the spreadsheet for one property, you can export the XML, then you can fill it out for another property and export the XML. Got it. The actual rating itself, the number, and you're looking for something below 70, correct? Yeah, for water sense, yep. And that is presented to you as you finish the spreadsheet, or does it have to be processed and come back? Yeah, no, it's the spreadsheet is actually split. So as you're entering data in, you can see the score change at the bottom of the spreadsheet. It'll tell you, so you can enter a flow rate for your shower head, and it'll show you what that does to your score. So each entry will, if it affects the score, you can see the score change right at the bottom of the spreadsheet. Yep. Like those tax programs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your refund is. How much is your refund or how much do you owe? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maybe is that the mode that you could use for the projected rating with the builder? If you're going to get into a conversation and work through a design, you could just kind of do it over a table or do it over a screen and kind of share with them, give them the give and take and lend your expertise as a rater to the builder to help them achieve what they'd like to do. Exactly. Yeah. So they could, I guess in this day and age, it would be a, via Zoom maybe, <laughs> but you could share the screen with your builder and show them exactly how their home performs. And you can show them if they wanted to switch out their toilets or reduce their irrigated area of their yards, what impact that would have on their score to show them how to get to that water sense label. Something that struck me from the previous conversations we had about water sense is that in some areas of the country, they're actually restricting building permits because there's not enough water. They are. Yeah. The most recent one that I've seen is Oakley, Utah, and they have put a stop to new construction right now because of the situation they're in with water availability. Yep. Wow. You ever see this spilling over into retrofit world? Yeah. So HERS H2O can be used just like the HERS index. It can be used for existing homes or new construction. So yeah, you can absolutely go and if you're a rater that does a lot of work with existing homes and retrofits, you can take the calculation spreadsheet right along with you as you're doing your audit for to see where they stand on the HERS scale. You can also give them an idea of how they perform in terms of water efficiency. And, and certainly on the existing home side, there's lot of opportunities for improving water efficiency, just like there is for energy. This is pretty direct because when air leaks, you don't know yeah. <laughs> the energy world, but when water leaks, you usually do know, unless it's underground or something like that. So there's this immediate concern for doing things correctly. But having walked through this a couple of times yourself in these demo projects, what would you say are the most significant opportunities, if you're looking at it from a retrofit standpoint, to reduce water consumption? Yeah. So from a retrofit standpoint, I guess a good way to look at it also is what part of the country you're in. So if you're in, say, Minnesota, the bulk of your water usage is going to come from indoors because you're frozen for many months of the year and obviously not using outdoor water. But down in the South, especially the Southwest, close to 70% of your water or more is most likely being used outdoors. And so your opportunities down in the South are definitely on the outside, whereas in the north, your opportunities are really on the inside. And what that means is that, especially for retrofits, if you have an old toilet that's maybe three or more gallons uh, flush, obviously there's a significant potential to go down to, a, say, a 1.28 gallon per flush or even a 1.6. And then on flow rates as well, if you have 
older kitchen faucets and shower heads, you really have a potential there to reduce your indoor water usage by reducing the flow rates, going with low flow versions for your faucets and shower heads. I remember somebody telling me about aerators that can really make a difference. You can still get that kind of action that you need from the water with a lower flow rate. So it could be as simple as doing like an aerator replacement. Is that? Yeah, you can replace your aerators where you can reduce your flow, but still have a good pressure, still have good water pressure. And I did that when I moved into the house I'm in now. There was an old shower head on there that was probably two or three gallons per minute or two and a half to three gallons per minute and just terrible flow. And I actually went down to a 1.8 gallon per minute shower head and it actually had better pressure. <laughs> so yeah, those numbers sound small, but the number of times you use it for the amount of time you use it, et cetera, all those things add up. So. Yeah. We're talking about a 10 minute shower and once or twice a day times however many people are in your house. Yeah. It adds up quick. Does the rating itself involve usage somehow? Is there like a standard usage model that gets applied against at some point? So standard 850 is the standard that HERS H2O is based on. And that was published just over a year ago in the summer of 2020 was the first edition of that standard. And the standard is based on water use data. So the residential end uses of water study, there's two different versions of that study. Those are a big part of the underlying data for how we estimate the usage and then ultimately derive the index score from that. But yeah, there's we also use data from the water and climate Atlas for outdoor usage. Hardness of water usage is also from the USGS. Also comes into play when you talk about water softeners, which are accounted for in the standard and in HERS H2O rating. Because there's that purge function. Yeah, the purge functionality that often increases water usage. One thing that's interesting that I'd learned actually as part of the pilot project and the field testing that we did is that in the Southwest, many of those areas have very hard water. However, the builders... Although builders typically will rough in for a water softener, they don't often install it. So in the case of a HERS H2O rating, we can't account. It's an asset-based rating of what was in place at the time the rating was done. And so if the builder's not installing the water softener, we can't account for it in the rating. You mentioned the states in which you did the demos. You mentioned some states in the Southwest, Arizona, Nevada, and Utah. How does xeriscaping first define it for the audience? Because Bill likes throwing big terms around, but then could you define it? (laughs) So xeriscaping is essentially using drought-tolerant plantings as a way to reduce or, in some cases, eliminate the need for irrigation. So some builders will use all xeriscaping, especially in the Southwest. There are some water utilities will provide incentives for that type of landscaping. And some builders will use some xeriscaping along with some irrigation, but it allows them to greatly reduce the irrigated area. and when you're talking about homes in the South, that is really going to have a big impact on the HERS H2O score because so much of their water use is outside. So that's a, I call it a trade-off or a process that the builder can go through in order to build a home is choice of in the landscaping plan. You were part of the goal of you coming back on to talk about this is we talked beforehand before we started here, but you truly feel raiders can feel as comfortable doing water ratings as they are doing energy ratings. It's not much of an increment conceptually and detail-wise and amount of involvement and the cost to do it, at least for this initial group of 50, will be free. So that's really great. Yeah, it is. It's really important. I think that 
Builders are going to start increasingly demanding water ratings. I see the trajectory going up, especially in the West, with essentially a third of the country under some pretty serious drought conditions. I see the demand for water ratings growing, and I think it's important that raters, that they know enough to be able to engage their builders when they ask about it. That's it. It's chicken or the egg kind of thing. You have the standard, you have the spreadsheet, you have the training, and then readers might say, well, the demand isn't there. Well, you can help create the demand. And you see it's coming from your broader perspective. Maybe regionally or locally, they don't. And as you said, some places it may not be a regional factor, but in some places it will be. I think ultimately it will be everywhere, really, when you get down to it. Yeah. I know I've made the point before, but it's worth stating again, drought is not the only driver. It does create things like in Oakley, Utah, where they've just decided we're in such an emergency right now, we can't allow any more new construction to tap out these resources that we have, <laughs> what valuable water we have left. But it's also important to note because there's lots of HERS ratings happening around the Great Lakes and those raters that are working in that area might think, we don't really have water scarcity issues. We're not in a drought. There's an abundant supply of water for us. But those are also, you got to think of these older cities where the infrastructure is 75 or I mean 100 years old and to tear up roads to replace water mains is not cheap. <laughs> and so what we're seeing is in these older cities, they're getting to that point where they have to make a huge investment in their water infrastructure and they have to pass along some of those rates on to the homeowners within that city. And sometimes those increases are 40% or more. So the opportunity for cost savings and return on investment is there, even in those cities where they don't have a lot of water problems, but where their infrastructure is aging. And usually, or at least I don't can't say for certain, but the infrastructure costs will be covered somehow in the rate, and the rate is based upon consumption. So if the consumption is lessened, at least for that individual, the bill won't be going up as much. So the existing home retrofit, that's a very interesting thing because there's a lot of existing homes out there too. So Many. Very yep. good. Excellent. I think we well covered this topic, why raters should be H2O certified, and I've given a lot of resources and insight here. Are you going to track the number of homes by state or anything like that? Or is there any infographic or metric you'll be producing at any point? Similar to how we report on HERS ratings now, we expect to be reporting on H2O ratings in the future. We currently have over a thousand confirmed ratings that have been submitted to ResNet. So we'd like to see that number continue to grow, and I believe it will. We recently did a podcast on H2O in California, and they're kind of getting off the ground there now. That's really exciting to see that California HERS raters are also eligible to become HERS H2O raters and offer HERS H2O and the WaterSense label in California. Very cool. Thanks again, Ryan. Uh, as always, a pleasure talking with you, and you are a font of information. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bill. All right. I want to thank you for listening in on this episode of Res Talk. We hope you heard some things that'll change your perspectives, especially with regard to water. If you're a pro in the building market, surf on over to resnet.us to learn more or to join the email list. And you can also find Resnet on Facebook or Twitter. A quote for today by David Bowie. I'm an instant star. Just add water, rating, and stir. If you're interested in feeding back to ResNet on what you heard here today or would like to hear a new topic covered or just have a general question, please send an email to info at resnet.us. If you're not subscribed, please do so. And also give us a review if you'd like. And as always, thank you for listening to ResTalk. Take care. 
Thanks for listening to the Res Talk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk. Thank you.